It's a beautiful day and a fine time for healing. Podcast host Randy Fine, a narcissistic abuse expert and the author of the groundbreaking book, Close Encounters of the Worst Kind, and the captivating memoir, Cliff Edge Road, invites you into her sanctuary, a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matter. So put your feet up, relax, and enjoy today's show. And now, here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your talk show host, Randy Fine. And I'm hoping that all of you are feeling well, staying isolated, social distancing. Oh my gosh, are we tired of hearing these words? I know I am. I can't even listen anymore. Uh, We know what to do. Um, But anyway, hope that you're listening because you're home and well, not because you're home and sick. I have a really cool show for you today. Uh, In her groundbreaking book, Soul Whisperer, Releasing Lost Souls, today's special guest, author Annette Ruggolo, and we're actually, I forgot to ask her how to pronounce it, but we'll, we'll get there, presents a new perspective into the world of spirits, past lives, and soul retrieval. Through the sharing of her real-life experiences, she offers a glimpse into a world that exists around us, which few are open and willing to see. Annette presents an introduction to spirits of the deceased that remain in this world, how we encounter them and how to help free them from being stuck here. Through her story, she gives a clear sense of what these encounters are like, what we can learn from them, and how to recognize and deal with them if they happen. She also demonstrates the value of soul retrievals, freeing spirits, understanding karmic history, and other related subjects. Annette is a respected worldwide transformation teacher, speaker, master dowser, and environmental healer. As a mentor and guide, she has been instrumental in helping people connect with other dimensions from a place of love, without fear or judgment. She lives in Minneapolis, Minneapolis, Minnesota. (laughs) Let me bring her on. We'll get started. Good morning, Annette. Welcome. Good morning, Randy. Thanks for having me on your show. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for being my guest. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Um, Rugolo. Rugolo? Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. I want to make sure I get that right in case I say it, but I probably won't have to say that again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so as we were talking before we went on air, Um, So today we're going to be talking about spirits and and all the work that you do, which is just so super cool and amazing and so loving. Um, I I was sharing with you my experiences with Earthbound, and I have a business um, that seems to attract them. I'm not sure if it's the business that attracts them or me, but um, I have had several Earthbounds in my business and, um, and have had the pleasure of interacting with them and helping to send them to the light. So when I um, was reading your book, Soul Whisperer, I was able to relate to so much of what you were saying. Um, so what, what are we dealing with here? Um, <clears throat> you don't refer to them as earthbound souls, but what exactly are we talking about? Because we have the souls that are in our physical body, we have the souls that pass on. What are these souls exactly? 
So um, the ones that I deal with are souls that have passed, their body dies, but their souls, um, I always use the, the movie Ghost um, as a, an example. So somebody dies, and instead of their soul uh, seeing the light, the portal, the doorway to leave, they either don't go to it, they don't leave, um, or they can't see it because of some attachment or trauma or something. And so now they're stuck in our dimension. They, they do not move on. And these spirits, um, there's so, so many reasons um, that they end up being stuck here. But then they're, they're around us. Um, they're in our dimension. They don't leave here. And in my experience, as I was explaining to you, I've experienced mostly um, benevolent spirits, good spirits that are just, you know, stuck. Uh, And I had one that was um, sort of mischievous. And so what are some of the reasons that they would become stuck in this dimension? So um, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Okay. So my first experience with a spirit was I had um, bought this little house in another city, uh, single at the time, and I found out after I moved in that there was an older couple that lived there, no children. Um, they had both died within three months of each other. The woman was an alcoholic. And one night I'm laying in bed, and this is one of the stories in the book, but she comes in my bedroom and slowly walks over to me with her finger out, ready to touch me. (laughs) And I just scream when she does touch me. Um, But what I found out about her was she was alcoholic. So that's um, one of the things that stops people from seeing the doorway or the light when their soul passes so it, it created an energetic fog. So I call it an energetic fog or a blanket of energy around somebody or around a soul that absolutely can't, um, that doesn't allow them to see the portal that, that opens up for them. So for her, it was this fog creating, uh, created by 40-some years of being an alcohol, um, alcoholic for some people, it's shock, um, trauma of some sort, uh, anger, grief, uh, attachment. Um, so there's emotional energy for one piece of it, but there's also something I call attachment. So people, it's like if they don't believe there's something else ready for them, like this is it, this is all they get, it's their only life, their only chance, they're going to hang on to things with all of their might. So it creates uh, an emotional attachment to a place or a person, and they don't leave. Or somebody that is with them in that lifetime that doesn't want them to leave. Either the person that's still living in a body creates an emotional attachment, or the soul creates an emotional attachment to somebody or some place. Um, 
so again, there's so many different reasons that these souls, once they pass, they, they, they get stuck here. They stay instead of moving on. So one of the um, spirits that um, I had called in a paranormal team a couple of different times, and one of the spirits was a woman who was actually, from what we could gather, was murdered um, in the grounds uh, beneath where the shopping center was eventually built. But she had a brother who was blind, and her she was the caretaker of this brother. And when she was murdered... All she wanted to do was stay around to help her brother, you know, and she wasn't ready to let go. And it had been many, many years, so her brother had already crossed over without her, you know. Um, But then we had another one who actually was, he had murdered somebody. He had been in Vietnam, and he had a head injury as a result of it, and he had murdered someone. And he was so afraid to cross over because he feared the judgment of what would happen to him through his religious beliefs. And um, I can't remember the word he used, but it was that's what was holding him back. So, you know, there's all different reasons. Um, In Chapter 3, you talk about spirits passed on from previous generations. What happens with that? Okay, so this is one of those attachments. Um, so this this was one of the first experiences I had with attached spirits. So um, I uh, married my husband in 2006, but we were dating before that. And when I first started really opening to all of this work, it was around 2002, 2003. And the person that I trained with, uh, her name is Marie Diamond. She's originally from Belgium, but she lived in the United States for 10 years. So I studied with her, um, becoming her vice president. So I, I really worked with her very closely. But when I, we first started, um, when I first met her, and um, I, when my husband first met her as well, um, it was interesting. The first thing she asked him was, are you okay? And so we were having this event um, where we lived at the time, and um, we both had sessions set up with Marie. Well, a few days before that, before Marie came, I had this clairvoyant dream where I saw like this house that was just really, I, I would call it a hoarder's house, and there were these two spirits that I saw in one of the rooms of the house that couldn't get out. And when I had my session first with Marie, I'm telling her about this, thinking, well, there's something stuck in my energy field. And she said, no, no, you had a dream. This is about your husband. So Tony had a session. And um, so there's these two spirits that ended up, um, she saw them. She was able to see them at the time and found out that their story, um, they lived 500 years ago in um, Siberia, in Russia. Um, They were two shamans. They were brutally murdered in front of their children. And their daughter emotionally was so grief-stricken, she kept their spirits attached to her. She absolutely could not let them go. 
Um, so if you can imagine watching your parents be brutally murdered. So what happened because of that, um, and it doesn't always happen, but in this case it did, it, these spirits got passed on because the emotion was so strong. It got passed on from generation to generation. Back in the 80s, when my husband's father died, he had a dream about a week after his dad died. And his dad came to him and said, I'm sorry, son, I couldn't do it. It's up to you. And he didn't realize at the time his father was passing these spirits on to him. Now, what happens because of all of this emotional energy, this grief, there's, it creates a depression um, in the person that carries the spirits. And my husband slowly got started going into a state of depression. So Marie saw these spirits, um, got the story, released them, and they're gone. Um, my husband came out of depression. Um, things really started changing. But this is where... Spirits are sometimes passed down like that from generation to generation, and it um, we don't realize it. It's it's pretty phenomenal. That's so sad for the spirits. <clears throat> now, if if the daughter had not been so traumatized that she was holding them here, <clears throat> they could have potentially gone and crossed over. Right? It was her um, energy they, that was keeping them here. Yep, um, but they could have still been stuck in that experience on their own in okay. Siberia. Okay. So a lot of times people that go through a traumatic event, I do a lot of work with uh, groups of souls here in the United States. Um, I've been attracted to releasing a lot of uh, indigenous uh, souls that have been either uh, brutalized, massacred, uh, starved to death when um, the white men came over to settle the land. So I'm attracted to groups of um, these souls, and there's entire groups that because of the trauma, um, the energy that's created in an experience, it creates that energetic blanket again that just keeps them stuck in this lower vibrational space. And that would have happened... If, if those two souls in Siberia, if they didn't have the daughter to carry them, they would probably still be ghosts in Siberia because of the, the brutal murder that they experienced. Okay. Um, so, so is yeah. there a difference between a ghost and, um, and an attachment? Um, no. So to me, a ghost is, and I, I, I don't usually use the word ghost, because it has a negative connotation for a lot of people. Right. It's kind of like it's haunted, right? Right. But it's like, no, these are souls. These are spirits that are, they're like us, but they're just not in a body anymore, right? Um, right. So it, to me, it's, it's all the same. It's, it's a, um, I know there's a difference between spirit and soul. People get, you know, I'm sure there's a differentiating differentiation in some people's mind, but I use them interchangeably. It's, okay. it's uh, a lost spirit, a lost soul. I kind of use those interchangeably. Now, how are these um, <clears throat> earthbound spirits or lost spirits 
if they're able to make noise and, and people hear footsteps and things like that. So if they're not in no. a physical body, how is that happening? Do you know? So, um, yep. So I think when they're here for a long time, and I, and I, the movie goes, I just kind of keep going back to this one because it really shows kind of what happens with these spirits. Um, so after a while, after they're here, they figure things out. Like they figure out how to connect with the physical world, with our, our world, from where they are. So at first, it's like I'm sure there's a lot of confusion. There's some, you know, um, trying to figure things out, where they are, um, how they got there. And then after a while, um, and especially with electricity, because we're electrical beings, they have figured out how to work with electricity electricity with lights, radios, TVs, how to turn them on and off. And then it just, again, when you go back to the movie Ghost, he figures out at one point how to get through a door or there's that scene in this train subway station where somebody is teaching him how to kick a can. Like they use their energetic force to, to let us know that they're there. Otherwise, we wouldn't know sometimes unless people see them. Okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> Do they want us to know that they're there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I have to, to share this. This was so amazing. So, okay. um, and I, I like teaching people how to communicate with them. So we can, and there's a lot of people that I've talked to over the years that communicate with spirits. So I met this one woman uh, about six months ago. She moved into a house and she heard footsteps and, you know, the light stuff. And this was going on for a couple months after her family moved in. And she basically communicated with the spirits and said, okay, you guys, uh, I know you're here, but if we're going to live peacefully together, you need to quiet down and just not make noise because you're going to freak my family out. And they did. So (laughs) they lived in this house for 20 years. The day she's moving out, they start making noise again. Okay. Wow. So, so we can communicate with them, but what I like to help people do is like, yeah, they're there. Let's help them move on. Otherwise, they're, they're stuck in that house until somebody figures out how to send them to the light or open up a portal. That's so sad. Um, <clears throat> so... How do you find out, how do people people contact you because they feel it, they see it, they see them, they hear them? What mm-hmm. what generally gets people to um, to reach out to you? All of the above. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Um, they see it, they feel it, they just kind of sense. Um, a lot of people that I work with, and this is where a lot of people start seeing the spirits, and this is kind of how I see them too. It's out of the corner of my eye. It's like a 90 degree angle from where, I, where I'm standing. And it's like you see like a, um, a movement, um, uh, just something that catches your eye and then you turn to it and you don't see anything. Right. So <clears throat> when that's, and a lot of people might see them head on or they feel them or uh, some people smell them. Um, one 
one place I doused, um, they were constantly smelling uh, somebody like smoking a pipe. And it was, that was his, um, that's what he did. This um, soul, this spirit did in his lifetime. He was a pipe smoker. So sometimes there's a smell. It's like, well, there's no one in the house smoking a pipe. It's got to be something else. Um, so they come or, you know, people have different senses about how they see or experience them. Now, those who crossed over can also um, let us know that they're there through those type of things as well, right? They can, you know, we can smell them all of a sudden. But it doesn't mean that they're earthbound. It just means that they're visiting, right? Exactly, right. So I know a lot of people have had uh, connections or visits from people that have passed over and they're not stuck but they're coming back to give us a message to support us sometimes um, but they're not stuck and they're and this is a lot of I really like to have people understand this piece is like um, especially people that are keeping somebody that they loved attached so they think oh as long as I have them and they're here, I've, you know, they're, um, I, I'm not going to lose them, okay? But it, there's an attachment around that. When we let a soul go and help them move on, I, I call it they're now in another dimension, um, the quantum field, I call it, with, where there's, there's no limitations on space and time. So now they're released to that dimension and then they can connect with us or send us messages from that higher level of existence rather than being attached in our dimension of space and time. And we do and, people we do our loved ones a favor by allowing them to go and not trying to hold oh, them here, right? Absolutely. So the other part of the work I do is we are in this amazing time of fast evolution. And what it means is the soul is here to evolve. We continue to expand our consciousness, raise our vibration. And as long as these spirits, these souls are stuck in our dimension, they cannot evolve. They cannot move on to the, their next experience. But like you said earlier, if somebody has a belief that there's either they're going to go to hell if they killed somebody or there's nothing beyond this, they're going to hang on to this for dear life. But it's like they're, they're stuck. They, their soul, that, that soul piece absolutely cannot evolve um, beyond this experience. Do all of these spirits... <clears throat> that are stuck in this dimension, do they all want to go to the light? or And are they all aware that they can, that it's there? No, they're, they're not all aware that they can. Um, okay. And that's where I like to help them. Um, so uh, I, this was something that happened uh, probably late last year, but just to give you an idea. Um, 
somebody called me into their house and they had this, I call it a, a little jokester spirit. And he was a kind of, um, he was a, a man in a previous lifetime, but his energy from that lifetime, he was like a, um, uh, he was constantly focusing his attention. So that's a young couple's house and he was focusing his attention on the woman and creating this jealousy energy in the space between the, the husband and wife. It was a young couple. And she was, um, he was just kind of, a, oh, I don't, he wasn't quite like a, a pedophile kind of energy or a rapist or anything, but it's like he liked that feminine attention. And he was just doing things in the house and just having his energy that he created in that lifetime, that was still with him. So it created this lower vibrational energy that when he passed, he couldn't go into the light. They have to be at a high enough vibration. So they called me in, and she's telling me what's going on with this spirit. So I, I opened a portal. That's, that's basically creating a doorway and it's created with light. It's basically sending him to the light, but he wasn't waiting. So what I do is I focus on the spirit, and I, I let them know I'm there. I use light frequencies. That's the work I do. And I'm sending him unconditional love, and I bring in these different frequencies that help him come back to his core of who he is. I help them remember who they are on a soul level. So I use these different light frequencies to kind of release all of this icky energy that he created, and I could feel them shift and change. And all of a sudden, with this one, it was so profound. And this woman I'm dealing with um, that called me in, she was seeing and feeling this energy too, and all of a sudden, we see him as a young boy before he developed these patterns of um, possessiveness or flirtatious energy with, with women. And all of a sudden, he came back to his core being. And this is the piece I love to do with the spirits, is help them remember who they are on a soul level before they created whatever energy they created in that lifetime before they died. And all of a sudden, he's there remembering who he is, and he starts crying because it had been so long since he connected in with that, his beautiful essence, his beautiful light. And once he got there, then he saw the portal, and he went in, and he left. And this is the gift that we have, that we can help these, we, you know, we're helping each other remember our essence, our light, our, you know, our, the highest, best, brightest part of ourselves. We have to do that with some spirits too. Like, who are they? And help them remember who they are so they can leave. truly amazing. <clears throat> so you help people, um, you teach people how to do this. Can anyone learn 
to connect with these spirits? Yes. Yes. Um, and I, that's my belief. <laughs> if we have the desire, the willingness to learn, yes, absolutely. And there's different ways to know that they're there. Um, so I teach, uh, I've been teaching dowsing, uh, how to use dowsing rods. Some people use pendulums. Um, so even if people don't see them, hear them, feel them, there's tools to ask the question. Um, so I've um, been teaching dowsing classes since 2006, and part of the dowsing class is to um, do space clearing or to help open up a portal for the spirits. Um, but I'm also, I, I just finished, I created a Soul Whisper program um, that it's going, it's online. It's going to be a program that people can just download, go through the program to really help take them through the steps and get a really good, solid foundation um, if they're ready to start doing this work. The biggest piece I, I've seen with people that want to do this work um, is there's some fear, this old energy of fear. So I, I always look at collective collectively what we've experienced or created around spirits. So we have haunted house stories, we've got movies, we've got books, you know, we've got stories around the campfire. All of this energy, these stories, create this collective consciousness of, oh my God, these spirits are scary. So my intention for writing the book, for creating the program, is let's get people beyond the space of fear so we can start helping them. And that's been my passion, my mission for the last couple of years. It's a wonderful, very loving mission. So I've watched um, some of these Ghost Hunter um, shows, and sometimes what I've seen is that there is um, one spirit trying to control another. So like the last one that I watched was there was a little boy that was stuck in a house. and uh, But there was an old man that had lived there many years ago, and he didn't want to let go of the house. And he was terrorizing this little boy spirit. Mm-hmm. Is this true, or what's going on with that? Yeah, and it's kind of like the story I just shared. Whatever energy that they created in that lifetime is still with them. That, so he was probably a controlling person in, when he lived, and um, that carries over if, um, if he's carrying that energy even as a, a soul. So that's the energy um, that's playing out. So if, if there are um, generation, different generations of souls, um, spirits that are in a house, you know, something that's just very, very old, and there's, do they interact? Do these spirits interact, or are they basically on their own trajectory? They're just kind of all doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of depends, again, the um, how long they've been there, because they do kind of awaken to their surroundings, and I, I believe control their surroundings to whatever level they're able to, and some stay kind of in a daze. Um, so I think of 
I worked with, um, again, I do group release. So I was called um, to a place, and there was a, a psychiatric hospital close by. So it was an old, what they would call a mental hospital. Um, now we call them psychiatric wards or hospitals. So there was a group of spirits in that space that they had been drugged. So they're walking around like zombies and not being able to wake up because of the vibration, the energy of these drugs that they were given for so many years. So it, it all depends on the energy that they are carrying when they pass, when they die and leave their body. And some of them kind of go through a process and will begin waking up. Others kind of stay in that vibration, and they wouldn't be aware of their surroundings at all. Hmm. And that this is where we have to help them release that that energy of all the drugs before they can even see the portal. They, they, those spirits would never. They didn't. I opened up a portal. They didn't walk into it. They couldn't see it. Um, so you say that um, for somebody to be able to release one of these spirits, they need to be in a physical body to see and help them. And, that, and you talk about the third, fourth, and fifth dimensions. Um, can you explain the difference and where we are and where maybe they are? Mm. Um, they are all in the third dimension, first of all. <laughs> so when okay. we're in a, a, the... well. I call it the 3, 3D world. Um, people that live, it's more of about being in a body in um, this vibration, right? They're not in a body, but they're stuck in this third dimension, okay? Um, so it's almost like I don't have the words to describe the difference, but um, in order to... Um, Let's see, good way to describe it. Um, so third dimension is our world, our, you know, our, our world of sight, hearing, all of that. Uh, when we move into the fourth dimension, I call it connecting in with the quantum field. We are beyond the 3D. Um, we're in the fourth dimension, and we're open to... Um, seeing things beyond our five physical senses. So only people that are already connected in with this fourth or fifth dimension are, have the ability to see these spirits. So um, if people living just in their, with their five physical senses aren't going to be able to see them. Their, their spiritual senses aren't opened. Um, and then the fifth dimension, I call it the field of golden light. Um, the fifth dimension is we're really beyond time and space. Um, an analogy I use in my book is um, I lived in North Dakota for 20 years, so I grew up, I was around farmers and farming for a while. So it helped me to kind of get this. But So if, if we're living in the third dimension, it's like we're the seed underground filled with all of our potential, but we haven't connected with it yet. As we break through the ground, we're connected in with the sunlight, and we're growing in this fourth-dimensional 
field where we grow, expand. Um, so this plant grows, develop leaves. And then the fifth dimension is when it flowers. And now it's beginning to share its seeds with others. Okay, so that's a really simple analogy for us in a body going through third, fourth, and fifth dimension. Hmm. So, spirits, oh, I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. Go Keep ahead. going. This is interesting. Um, so the spirits, so because, um, so now they're just energy, but they haven't, um, that, that portal that opens, um, the portal is a connection between the third and the fifth dimension. So when I open a portal, it's always the connecting piece that allows them to leave our third dimensional world, um, takes them up. It's like an energetic elevator that takes them to wherever they need to be to continue their soul journey in the universe, whatever that looks like for them. Hmm. So they're, so um, when we pass and we do go through the portal um, on our own, um, what dimension is that? I mean, that's beyond the fifth dimension, right? Um, not necessarily. No? Um, okay. So um, one of the things, and this is something that I'm, I wasn't aware of this um, before I started working with Marie. So one of the things I learned from Marie is, so as we awaken as a soul, and this is where we're going through this huge awakening right now on this planet, um, third dimension is living out of the, uh, the lower three chakras. So it's, it's kind of, that's that living from um, your five physical senses. When somebody opens up and has what's called a heart-opening experience, that now they're connected to the fourth dimension. Now we have these our higher chakras, our spiritual chakras, which is the heart, the throat, the third eye, and the crown chakra. So one of the things that happens, um, and once she explained this to me and I could see it, wherever we are opened up to in this lifetime, um, we leave, our spirit leaves through that chakra and there's a field that's created by the energy of a heart opening or that, that experience. So wherever we uh, are in our evolution in this lifetime, we leave through that chakra and the next lifetime we come back in through that chakra and continue our journey of evolution. So there's different fields out there in the quantum field. There's something called um, enlightenment. So this is where if we had a lifetime, um, people that are enlightened, they're leading through the crown chakra. Now they are totally connected in with that fifth dimensional field. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> that's, that's so kind of a, fascinating. Uh, wow. That's so interesting. Okay. And it so, makes sense yeah, because it does. it's like we c- come in our next lifetime and we continue on where we left off. Wow. So not everybody that leaves, leaves enlightened because that's not where, you know, if they didn't get to that level in this lifetime, they're not going to leave through that level. Wow. So <clears throat> it, that made really, uh, that made a lot of sense to me. 
uh, when, well, it she, does. when she yeah. explained it that way. Uh-huh. It does. Um, and it that speaks to why it's important to do our chakra work and to, mm-hmm. you know, move through those levels um, yes. so that we can reach as much enlightenment as possible while we're here. And exactly. We don't have to come back to this very heavy place. <laughs> I know. I know. Isn't that wonderful? And that would be wonderful. That I, I know. And that's the piece that I love about doing this work is like, and this goes into the soul retrieval piece. Um, so when I first started doing this work, I did, I had groups. Um, I lived in North Dakota for 20 years. And so there were people in the dowsing classes and we would get together and do meditations, group um, release souls. Again, a lot of indigenous souls that around North Dakota too. One of the first things that happened in one of these groups was a few people in the group saw themselves in that experience of the souls that we were releasing. Oh my so gosh. they saw themselves as a soul piece. They had a soul piece in that experience of a massacre or what was going on. And that's, they had a soul retrieval as we were releasing these souls. <laughs> and it's like, oh my, oh my God. So every time I release souls, it's like, well, it's a soul piece of some other soul on this planet somewhere that it's getting the soul piece back. So we can reincarnate um, and also leave uh, a piece of ourselves energetically um, earthbound in a third dimension? Um, yep. So what I see it, what I see it as is we have an oversoul. So we have this huge soul. Um, it's, it's amazing. We're connected with all these different places in the universe on this planet. So the way I describe it is we send a soul piece out, uh, to incarnate, have an experience to learn something, you know, we, we understand all that. And then we come back. And we've come back with some more wisdom, with more gifts, whatever we do, more karma or dharma, whatever. But sometimes that soul piece gets stuck. So once that soul piece gets stuck, that soul piece, is it cannot continue its evolution. It doesn't come back to the oversoul. Okay. So then the bigger oversoul, it's like... Um, um, really um, how to describe it so we have this huge oversoul and when we we're collecting a lot of our soul pieces so this um, the soul who we've incarnated with at this level once we evolve and expand and we connect all these soul pieces connect back into this field of oneness now we start seeing these soul pieces that are stuck out there and we can go and retrieve them and that's what I call soul retrieval and it's like, well, let's bring them back. Let's release them from whatever trauma kept them in that experience. Let's bring them back. Wow. This is mind-blowing stuff. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, I love knowing all this, all this stuff, you know. Um, yeah, I, just, I think this is phenomenal. Um, what is dowsing exactly? 
Um, good question. So the way I explain dowsing, uh, dowsing is a technique that helps us um, receive answers or information from things we cannot see. Um, so again, living in North Dakota for 20 years, connecting with some farmers there, um, there were water witchers, dowsers, that would go out and use twigs to find underground water and uh, let them know where they need to dig a well. So dowsing is a technique that helps us find something that we cannot see with our physical eyes. Um, the, the tool can be dowsing rods, a pendulum, sticks, you know, whatever it is. But um, the way I use it, it's called Diamond Dowsing. It's a program I've been teaching um, since 2006. We use the dowsing rods. I teach people how to use dowsing rods to find energy in their, in their environments, in their homes, of a lower vibration. So EMFs, for instance, electrical energy. There's something called geopathic stress, underground water that runs under our homes that creates stress lines. So again, energy, information that we cannot see with our physical eyes, but through our dowsing rods, we can ask the questions, find out where it's coming into our homes, and cure it. So the whole program is about curing these lower vibrational lines to raise the vibration of our homes. And so what kind of question is, would we ask? Would um, so my question would be, with my dowsing rods in a space, like in my home, um, are there geopathic stress lines in this house? Yes. And then my next question would be, how many? So I'd get a number. So for instance, four. Where is the first geopathic stress line coming from? Oh, it's coming, my rod points to a certain direction where it's coming in from. I go over there, find the, it's called a center line, the strongest um, energy coming in. And I use dowsing cures, energetically uh, activated, infused, um, copper-covered steel cures to place where that energy is coming in and it filters that energy out from coming in my house. It's like um, a firewall that I'm creating that keeps those energies from coming in. So, so what, what is the geopathic stress line? Um, it's underground water or okay. a fault line. Right. So here... Here in Minnesota, we have a lot of underground water. Okay. So it really affects people when they're sleeping because when we sleep, we need to go in a deep yin space in order to do some deep healing while we sleep. And if we have this underground water under our bedrooms, it's a flowing energy. It's a movement that keeps the, um, the body, the etheric body and the physical from going into that deep uh, yin space that oh, we okay. need while we sleep. Okay. okay. So a lot of times when I go in and people are having problems sleeping, I'll find their geopathic stress lines in their bedroom, and there could be two or three of them crossing their bed. And some people, it's like they feel it. It's like this doesn't feel good. I can't sleep here. They don't get good sleeps. They wake up achy. 
and it's this geopathic stress line that's hitting them, um, creating that experience for them. Wow, that is something I never, ever knew about. So that's fascinating. So you can use a pendulum the same way. I actually just bought a pendulum, and yeah. I haven't used it yet. But you can use a pendulum oh. the same way. And you can ask, um, you just ask questions, and it begins to yes. move. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the important part is making sure you're not asking from your personality right. and connecting, just ask to connect with your higher self, because now okay. you're connected in the quantum field, and the quantum field will give you the answers, okay. right, and not your personality. So some okay. people ask questions, and if they're too attached to the outcome or you know, to the uh, outcome of the question, they might be an, uh, asking from their personalities instead ah. of their higher self. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So we don't want to be attached to the answers, really. Um, no. And, and the last thing I wanted to ask you is... Um, what happens when there are um, spirits in an environment and we go through it and sage and clear that area? What happens? Does anything happen to those spirits? Um, so this is my take on it, <laughs> on sage. Um, I look at sage. It's, it's a wonderful, I love it. So um, start with that. To me, it's... Um, an energetic um, pot. <laughs> it, it really calms down the space. Like it quiets everything. It just, um, it creates this wonderful space, but it's not releasing spirits. Um, and then the sage, we have to go back and re-sage to keep the energy at that vibration um, over and over, so we go back maybe monthly or sage. As far as releasing spirits, the spirits need somebody that knows how to send them to the light or to open up a portal. Um, to me, the sage kind of calms down all of the emotional energy. Uh, it's a really calming vibration. And again, I love it, but as far as helping the spirits, uh, it's not really helping them. Does it calm their energy down as well? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it, 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 um, it, um, it has an effect on them, and it's like, oh, you know, kind of, that kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah, we had a... Not, um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, we had a cool um, kind of a breezy morning. I live in South Florida. We had a breezy morning. I waited for it, um, and then I um, burned... Um, What's it called? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a form of sage. I had a burning all around my house, and you know, cleared oh. it out and everything like that. I used that excuse, but I like to go through my business, and um, and especially now before we reopen, because um, everything's closed, I will I'm going to sage mm. everything and bring bring a good energy yeah. back to the place yeah. instead of that fearful energy when people left, um, you know, fearful of the virus and all those kind of things. And that's, so that's one thing Sage is really good for. I love it for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. Um, so your book is Soul Whisperer, Releasing Lost Souls. Very interesting book. And it's a, it's a quick read, which is nice. You know, I appreciate yeah. that. I've, I've wanted that. It was a good, <laughs> I just wanted yeah. something that people would actually not be overwhelmed by. 
Right, exactly. It's just really to the point and um, just very easy to grasp. So um, I thank you for that for that book. I thank you for the work that you do. This is just um, a beautiful, loving, loving um, thing that you do. And thank you. Yeah, and I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us about this because it's. I think everybody's fascinated by it. Maybe some people are a little frightened, but this brings it to. Um, this makes it easy to digest, so we understand we don't have to be afraid of these things, these these energies that we're feeling. Some people are feeling them. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to share before we finish? Um, anything we maybe didn't talk about? Um, the other, I'm just kind of thinking. Um, so, and I think this is where, um, let's see. I help people, I, I call it creating new programs. So I've worked with um, quite a few people over the years that in past lives, um, their job was to release spirits, and the way they did it was through their own energy field. They were the portal, they were the light, and these spirits would come in and they would release them, but they would, as they would release, they would leave behind, the spirits would leave behind a residue. So I always tell people, it's like we're, now we have a new system where we've got new energy, we're an updated program. So it's really important. And I think this for a lot of people that see spirits and have re- done this work, this is part of the fear. Like, oh, I don't, I don't want to have them come in my energy field anymore. So one of the things I teach is how to set your boundaries, create a boundary, protect your energy field, and send them, create a portal, or send them to the light so they can release, not through your energy field. Mm. Um, So I think when we talk about the fear of spirits, I've worked with a lot of people that in the past, they've done this and they don't want to do that anymore. And it's like, yeah, you don't want to do that anymore. Right, so exactly. I, I give them the new tools to help them continue their work, but in a very safe way. Is there, um, is there a, a quick tool that you can um, tell us? Because I have a lot of my listeners are empaths, um, mm-hmm. and they don't know how to protect their energy. And I'm, I would imagine it's probably very similar. So is there a quick tool yeah. that we can use to protect our energy? To pull it in, yes. or um, mm-hmm. yep, um, I do something called the tubes of light every day. When I first started, I learned it in 2001. I've been doing it every day since. I was an energy worker, massage therapist, all of that, and I took on other people's energy. I'm an empath, and this is a tool that I've been use, using that has been amazing. Um, they can go to my website, AnnetteRigolo.com. I have a, a resource page on my website, and there is a link that they can download this meditation. Oh, um, okay. And it's, I know it's helped so, so many people. Oh, great. Okay. Um, that's okay. wonderful. Thank you. All right. Yeah. And I'm going to show that. I actually have a page on Facebook called Empath Society because there were so many people who just were lost with their, you know, with the feelings that they were having. Oh. So 
I will be sharing that. That's wonderful. Oh, well, thank you, beautiful. thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank Very you so much, Randy. This has been so fun, and it's gone so fast. <laughs> yeah, I know. It does go fast. I used to do um, like a 30 to 45-minute show, and now I, now I do an hour show, and it, it just it really does go fast. But we get to cover a lot. We get to really cover most oh, of yeah. it. So, thank um, you. Anyway. I, I love the in-depth conversation. Thank you so much. <laughs> You are so welcome. I love it, too. Okay, it's really great talking to you. Have a great day. Enjoy. Thanks, Randy. You, too. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions, you can email me at loveyourlifeatrandyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com. And be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.